Good morning. I'm Wimala. Today is Thursday, December 1st. I'm just watching the squirrels. I just put food outside and I have one younger one, but one that is so buffed up and so thick, getting ready for the winter, that that's, they're, they're just funny when they're all getting uh, fattened up for winter. The chipmunks have already uh, gone underground. So <clears throat> we're still reading from Pema Children's book, How We Live is How We Die. So we're getting into a lot of uh, chapters now with more. They're longer. They're much longer. Okay, let's look at this. Here's some here. Uh, I'm going to skip over this chapter uh, uh, 20, which is Entering the Bardo of Becoming. We, and, and it's uh, one of the themes of this Entering the Bardo of Becoming. She's saying, although this is the Tibetan worldview, which we, which you may or may not subscribe to, but even in terms of this life, we can see how we continually create our future reality through the actions of our body, speech, and mind. Every time we get carried away by our kleshas, those are our defilements, say by lashing out at someone or putting ourselves down, we don't think about that this often, do we? We reinforce our self-destructive habits and intensify our struggle against life as it is. And that's what this chapter I'm skipping is talking about. So I'm going to skip it and go to the next chapter called Heart Advice. 21. Never underestimate the power of warmth right at this very moment and when we die. In particular, there are two kinds of warmth that soften us up and make us more decent, loving beings. One is the warmth of kindness and extending ourselves to others, thinking of them rather than remaining completely self-centered. The other is the warmth of devotion, love for one's teachers, those who have shown us the truth. Both come from the warmth of the heart. Both make our lives deeply meaningful both bring down the barriers between ourselves and others. The warmth of kindness to others is easier to is easy to understand and generally not controversial. We may feel caught up in our own ego traps, but still we want closeness with others. We want to bring down those barriers and feel an outflow of tenderness and caring. 
we aspire to awaken the compassionate heart of bodhicitta and have it flourish. And she even refers us, if you know her other books, The Places That Scare You, she says, see, see that book for more uh, bodhicitta practices. Fortunately for all of us, certain teachings and practices can help us do just this. A practice like Tonglen, for instance, supports the flourishing of bodhicitta. For centuries, ordinary, confused people like you and me have been drawn to these teachings and practices and have devoted time and effort to making them an organic part of their actions, words, and thoughts. With their actions, they manifest caring and concern. With their speech, they manifest non-aggression and open-heartedness. Even their minds gravitate more naturally toward thinking of others' benefit. They've uncovered qualities that have always been there, qualities that are our birthright. This description, of course, presents the ideal, but all of us can move in this direction as our genuine concern for the welfare of other beings grows. A surprising number of people are training exactly like this, falling down frequently, learning from their mistakes, and continuing forward, step by step, inch by inch, to uncover the warmth of bodhicitta. To the degree that our heart has opened in life, to that degree it will open at death. That's important, isn't it? To the degree that our heart has opened in life, to that degree it will open at death. In this way, when we move through the bardo of dying and beyond, we will automatically think of others. Instead of our heart contracting in the bardo, it will expand. We may get captured by fear and start to withdraw into ourselves. But then, because of our former practice, will naturally pull ourselves out of a tailspin. We'll look around to see who is there with us and we'll wonder what they are going through. Since a positive state of mind is so important at death and in the bardos, this open-heartedness toward others will make for a peaceful and positive journey. It will provide the perfect causes and conditions for awakening at any point during the in-between stage, between death and rebirth. Unlike the warmth of kindness, the warmth of devotion to a teacher can be surprisingly difficult for many of us, even to consider, let alone embrace. For some, the mere word devotion can be unsettling, particularly when connected with spiritual teachers. This is because in modern times, too many people have actually harmed their students and betrayed their trust. And yet, believe me, devotion to an authentic teacher who only cares for your benefit is magical. To quote Zhou Chen Ponlap Rinpoche, it is a key that unlocks a doorway to the most profound experiences of mind. Sometimes we are fortunate enough 
to meet people who appear to live fully in nowness, people who resonate deeply with the openness of our own being. I have met enough of these people to know that even thinking of them connects me with open awareness, with the awakened nature available to all, yet recognized by relatively few. I apologize for stopping. I have to get really hydrated. And uh, I realized I'm behind schedule, so. That's why I'm drinking all this water. This recognition of our nature is precious and miraculous. As I've often heard, what we seek is already ours. Ultimately, there is only one teacher Mind's true nature. I like that. When I connect with this, it feels like I'm connecting with my deepest potential. This is why I feel boundless gratitude to all the teachers who have introduced me to the nature of mind and to the sacredness of the world and its beings. Real devotion, it seems to me, is open-hearted receptivity to things just as they are. If you're in the book group, we're reading Stephen Hagen's book, uh, Buddhism Plain and Simple, and he every page he italicizes the words the the word see s e e just see. He's always saying just see. You don't need to do anything other than just see, and of course that seeing is seeing without our perceptions in the way, our views, our, um, you know, our emotions. It's just seeing things clearly. And this is the same as what she's saying. Real devotion, it seems to me, is open-hearted receptivity to things just as they are. So just seeing things. When I met the bear in the woods and began chanting, Om Mani Padme Om, I wasn't calling on an external deity to save me, but rather making a connection with the compassionate blessings that are always available to that bear and to me. I love that. I wasn't calling on an external deity to save me, but rather making a connection with the compassionate blessings that are always available to that bear and to me. So whether it's today or when I've died, I know that calling to my teachers or to wisdom figures like Kuan Yin or Avalokiteshwara, I know that that is really opening myself to a source of blessings inseparable from my own basic nature. It's opening to that part of my nature beyond propensities or clashes, or any style of self-centeredness. This is, without a doubt, a heartfelt, sublimely connected experience. For me, it's an experience of devotion. This devotion is not mindless adoration or idealization of a specific person. Yet it's connected with remembering specific teachers and what they've shown me. When I walk the plank in that virtual, when I walk the plank in that virtual reality experiment, 
It was devotion that enabled me to jump. After an extended period of terror, I thought of Trungpa Rinpoche and heard his unmistakable, high-pitched voice say, You can do it. That's all it took to connect me with my innate courage. Now when in the bardo, I know that warmth is the key. Think of the welfare of others and opening my heart to the blessings of my teachers. I put my trust in these two wondrous methods. And she also, um, on the topic of, uh, what is it? about teachers, she said, uh, that is a key that unlocks the doorway to the most profound experience experiences of mind, and says that she discusses that more in Welcoming the Unwelcome, Chapter 19, Learning from Our Teachers. And that's the book that we, that was our first book we did with book groups, so uh, we're, a lot of us are familiar with that. It's a beautiful book. So warmth is the key, and on this cold day here on December 1st in Illinois, uh, warmth, some, that warmth feels really good. <laughs> Thinking of the welfare of others and opening my heart to the blessings of my teachers, I put my trust in these two wondrous methods. So... Let's, we have a little time to practice, so let me finish drinking my water. And hi, Patty. It's good to see you're in Nebraska now. Lincoln, Nebraska. You, you're out of, you're not in uh, Colorado anymore. Thank you so much for joining us, even on your travels. That's great. Okay, let's practice. And I think let's practice, just uh, think of ways to develop that for you, that tenderness, being kind to people, used through our, our uh, speech, our action, and our thoughts whatever's going on in our mind, uh, that's how we develop this warmth. So, that's it's being kind, it's being harmless, so we can just, why don't we generate warmth for ourselves just with those, the thoughts from this chapter in our minds. So let your body know that you're in this posture to focus on your practice. We're just going to practice being with ourselves. Being aware of everything, but not getting caught up in it. Just stay in the present moment. This present moment is where this is the only place that we can really see. Eyes opened, eyes closed. So, 
the warmth that we want to feel is that warmth of how we, in our thoughts, and our actions, in our speech. So have your body and your mind all in the same place, right in this moment. Now your body's in the right awake posture. And then on your next exhale, just let yourself relax. Your spine can be upright or straight, even if you're on your back, but we don't need to have our, you know, shoulders lifted up and our muscles tight. We can let that spine be our support. And as you exhale, just let your shoulders drop. So you can see your thoughts arise, but no need to chase after them or feed them. Just be in the present moment. Be aware of how your body feels. Can you let go of some tension? Can you relax more? If you feel drowsy, open your eyes.
Stay in the moment. Keep coming back to your breath if you're having trouble doing that. Now, as we end our time together, our ending, sharing merit, uh, is perfect with this reading. When, when uh, Pema Chodron is talking about, we find that warmth through our actions, our speech, and our mind, our thinking. Um, that's exactly what will set as our intentions for today. May everything I do and say and think today, may it generate warmth, warmth for others, warmth for the people and the things and the world that have been our teachers. So we do this not only for ourselves, but for all other living beings. And we can see uh, the warmth coming from us when we, when we remember this. Thank you. So good image. It's creating warmth, the warmth of kindness and harmlessness and caring. So have a beautiful day, and I'll be with you tomorrow, too. Thank you.